0: Blog Talk Radio. How will the opening day roster shape up for the D-backs? They and so many MLB stars are signing extensions.
1: Simon Back Nation. Welcome back to the Rattle Up Podcast. My name is Blake, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host, Chris. Hope all of you have a fantastic Friday night. And uh, just a couple quick announcements before we get started. If you are still looking for some for some last-minute uh, spring training tickets or looking to get some tickets to opening day or any other concert or event in general, you can head over, head over to stubbyard.com and use the code BPN10. That'll get you 10% off any purchase. Again, that is BPN10 at stubbyard.com. Also, this week is our last week for our Gerard Dyson t-shirt design, so if, you wanna, if you're want if you interested in that, you can head over to BaseballPodcastNet.com. Yeah, we have a Gerard Dyson t-shirt design. That'll be the last week you can get it, so yeah. Um, and also, if you'd like to call into the show at any point, that number is 845-277-9345. Again, that is 845-277-9345. You guys sent in some mailbag questions over the week, so we're just gonna get right off, right into them. So, Benson, if we could have the first question.
2: Yeah, first question is from AC. Agree or disagree with this statement: The Dodgers will have a bad year in 2019.
1: Well, you gotta classify what you mean as bad because obviously they're not gonna be like as bad as like the Orioles or anything like that. But I mean, if you're talking about expectations, obviously their expectation is to win the division. Um, I don't think they'll do as good um, as they, you know, they've done in previous years, like 2017, but I still think they'll be a solid team and they'll definitely make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think they'll have a bad year.
0: I think they'll do pretty good and uh, they will be close for the division and they'll definitely be in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, between them and the Rockies. All right, next question.
2: Uh, this question is from Blake. What is the biggest hole on the D-backs roster right now?
1: See, that's the thing. The Diamondbacks don't really have a huge hole. Obviously, you'd say maybe a catcher or that maybe like a fifth starter. But I think with the Diamondbacks roster, there's no huge hole. I mean, every there's no one area that stands out. I would say, but every area is just really solid. Um, see, so yeah, I wouldn't say there's a huge hole, but I've had to say, I'd probably say catcher.
0: Yeah, I agree. We have a lot of catchers, but none of them are really good and enough to be really strong starting catchers for a while. So I think the biggest hole is catcher.
1: Yeah. Next question.
2: All right. Last question for the night from Nathan. Should Merrill Kelly be a starter?
1: I think he should because, well, first of all, we don't have a lot of other qualified candidates, and you know, we signed Merrill Kelly to pitch, not to pitch in the minors. Um I think he he he's demonstrating that he's a solid pitcher, and I think he'll he'll perform pretty well in uh, in the majors. But yeah, yeah, he definitely should be a starter.
0: Yeah, I definitely think he'll be our fourth or fifth starter because he just – they brought him over to do this, that and fill the hole of a back-end
1: starter. Uh-huh. All right, so we actually have a caller right now, I think uh, Ethan from Tucson. So if we just want to bring him on right here, uh, I think he wants to talk about Paul Goldschmidt. So what's going on, Ethan?
0: Okay, Um, I was wondering if um, what's going to be the oh, – yeah, um. What's going? To, well, okay, I'm, I'm going to speak a bit around. Um, how how, how are the Diamondbacks? I don't. Where, okay, how are the dying backs going to do
1: without Paul Grossman in the lineup? Well, Jake Lamb is going to be the the everyday first baseman, and Lavella said he's even going to play versus lefties. So yeah, yeah. I think Jake, Jake Lamb's the new first baseman, and I think he'll put up pretty solid numbers. I mean, he has All Star potential. I would consider him an All Star. Uh, type bat. I mean, obviously last year he was, he was had a lot of injuries all throughout the year, so he didn't perform as well. But I think 2019 should be a big bounce bounce back year for them. And I think he'll he won't replace Goldie, but he'll definitely you know he'll definitely work his way towards it.
0: Okay, and I was wondering where where what position uh, William Flores is going to play for
1: us. Uh, Flores is going to be the second baseman. I, I'm pretty sure because Marte is going to be in center field. But then again, if Flores has a lot of uh, his, uh, history of, of you know injury with the Mets. Although that like, you could just say that's because because just it's just because he's be on the Mets. But yeah, four is seems like he's gonna be the the everyday second baseman.
0: Yeah, right. he'll definitely start second.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Okay, thank you for calling in. Sure. All right. And then again, that's call-in number. If you want to call in, is eight four five two seven seven nine three four five. All right. Talking, moving into spring training discussion, um, there was obviously a lot of big headlines from last week, and I just want to start off, Ichiro Suzuki announced his retirement following the Japan series. Um, he played, well, what was the number? He played, I think it was, yeah, 18 years in the big leagues and 27 total, obviously played in Japan He uh, before he got to the majors at 27. Um, you can make a case that he is the best international-born player of all time. He finished his career with 3,089 hits, but that was just in the majors, um, and you know, if he played his whole year, in the, if his whole career in the majors, you know, maybe he could have gotten somewhere close to four thousand. Who knows? But yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Congra- congratulations to Ichiro on a great career. Moving into our next topic of discussion, um, before we get into the actual time back stuff, I just want to talk. We just want to talk about um, all these extensions going around uh, and, and all that, especially guys, guys like Mike Trout and Paul Goldschmidt and all those. But before that, we actually have a caller right here. We have Matthew from Surprise. When I talk about the, uh, the 25-man roster and rule-, rule changes, what's going on, Matthew? Uh, uh, the rule changes, what kind of are, uh, what rule changes are going to be huge for the 2019 season? Well, in, 2019, in the 2019 season, there's not a lot of huge uh, changes. There's a lot of them are minor, you know, like, I mean, The the biggest one I see is the trade deadline. There's going to be no more uh, waiver trade deadline, no more August trade deadline. So every every trade will have to be made before July 31st. So, I mean, that could be a big thing because we saw a lot of teams have a lot of late acquisitions last year. Um, But, yeah, so now they'll have to get them right at the deadline. And that's just going to add a lot of, you know, strategy and suspense because it's like, obviously, when you only have one month left, it's a lot easier to predict your roster in the beginning of the postseason than it is – in the when, when there's two months left in the season. So I think that's going to be the biggest one. Other ones include stuff like inning breaks, mound visits, and, and like, the Homeland Derby prize. Those won't have a huge impact, honestly. Like, the, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, could, I can really – I think mound uh, trade deadline's the biggest. Yeah, that seems like a huge deal. And then the 25-man roster, wasn't it, like, 40 or something last year? And then they just cut it down out of nowhere? Or was it always no, 25? The, the September uh, – the September roster was always 40, uh, and right now it's it's always been 25 uh, at least as long as I can remember. In um, 2020, they'll, up the, they'll actually up it to 26, but um, yeah. So, but they also they cut the September roster. This is in 2020 also to 28 instead of 40. So you can't you don't you're not going to see teams that would have like basically unlimited bench or unlimited bullpen. Um, so I think 28 is a little bit of a small number. We'll we'll get into that topic later in the uh, in the show. Chris, your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think that um, – uh, I, I don't think the uh, stuff will really affect it, and uh, the 25-man roster, it's been like that forever, so
1: it won't matter. All right. Yeah. Who do you, who do you, oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, Who do you guys think is going to start for us for the 25-man? Who do you think is going to make it? Uh, well, there's – I mean, it, it's kind of cut cut uh, cut in stone. We'll obviously we're we have a whole segment for this, so we're not gonna get too in depth right now. But it's pretty oh, much just a, uh-huh. a yeah, it's pretty much just a big thing between two of the, the two of the three guys: Socrates Burrito, Draw Dyson, and Alex Avila. Two of the three are gonna make it, and one of them isn't. It's gonna it just depends who it, who it's gonna be. Uh, it, just I'll go into this later. But my personal say is we should cut Alex Avila. and just rock with Murphy and Kellys are catchers, but you know. It, it, who knows what the management's gonna, management's gonna do? Yeah. 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 I
0: don't see um, Lavello changing much about how he's kept the roster the past few years, so it looks
1: like it's gonna be fairly easy to predict what it is. Mhm. All right. Mhm. Well, Matthew, thank you for calling in. Um, yeah. I'll see you later. Yep. Later, guys. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Moving back into our talk about um, these major extensions. Um, obviously, today Paul Goldschmidt a, a, uh, he signed a thing yesterday actually uh, he signed a five-year, 130 million dollar extension with the Cardinals, um, and a lot of people are upset about this. I mean, I frankly kind of am because uh, as a quote here, if I can just pull this up, yeah, this is a this is from John Gambadoro. He said, last spring Paul Goldschmidt had two years, two years left on his current shon- contract for roughly 25 million dollars, and he was looking for a five-year extension worth 175 million dollars uh, with Arizona. That you know that was last year, and now he's he's t- settled for a what, five years, hundred thirty, uh, with St. Louis. So I mean, the Diamondbacks definitely could have afforded it. I think if they didn't trade him, but then again, you know that's what you get when you trade him to a team like the Cardinals, who look like they're going to be one of the best teams in the major leagues, at least in the National League. So yeah, and then and the next thing, uh, just I'm going to go off the list. Obviously, Mike Trout signed the biggest deal in professional sports history, twelve years, four hundred thirty million dollars. So he's going to stay with the Angels. A lot of people thought he was going to go to Philly. But nevertheless, he's going to be staying an angel for probably the rest of his career. Alex Bregman, also only a six-year, $100 million deal. Now, I think he does have some you know, years of like service uh, and arbitration time left. But so that's pretty cheap for a star like Bregman, who I think is, could be the, the face of baseball uh, a couple years down the road. Chris Sale today just signed a five, five, five-year, $150 million deal. Blake Snell, five years, 50. Eloy Jimenez, who hasn't even played a major league game. Uh, signed, I think it was a six-year, 43 million dollar, kind of like Scott Kingery last year, um, also signed an extension before they even appeared in the major league. So obviously the White Sox have a lot, uh, have a lot of hope in him. And Justin Verlander also agreed to a two-year extension, and he, that that seems like it's gonna be a really good move for the Astros. Uh, Chris, there's obviously a lot of you know, reasons why, but what what's the main one main reason why you, you see these guys that probably could make a lot of money if they went to the free agent market? Why are they signing extensions right now, and why they why is it all in the span of, of a few days?
0: um because they see Trout getting tons of money and they might think that they can get more money right after Trout does and they're taking the guaranteed money instead of waiting till free agency I mean waiting till spring break spring training and then getting an offer because you just need to find a team before spring training
1: yeah obviously you see what happened to guys like you know Dallas who who is a former Cy Young winner had a little bit down year last year, but he's still a very solid starter, and he's not even signed yet, and we're just days from opening day. Um, you know, guys like even Harper and Machado had to wait till spring training. If I'm a player, I would really not want to wait, have to wait till spring training to sign with the team. I'd rather do it earlier and just have that you know that guarantee. Um, but I think the big thing about this is that there's going to be a new CBA agreement in 2020, and the, one of those big things is that it's obviously at free agency, and it, maybe there's going to be a free agent deadline because – it's kind of just ridiculous just seeing all these players. Um, I mean, yeah, the the, hot, the stove has been pretty hot these last, last few weeks, but before that, pretty much all the offseason, season, there was just no action going on, um, and they pretty much, everyone just was just kind of in a was just kind of in a in a blinking contest or a staring. I would say staring contest. My bad. Um, just waiting, for, waiting for either Harper or Machado to sign, and then just letting everything uh, go from there. But I think that's the thing with you know with the Players Association. They're going to want a deal to get these players signed earlier. And I think that's why a lot of and a lot of these players maybe they're fearing that it's not it's not going to happen, and so those taking the extensions right now, getting the guaranteed money. Uh, Chris, your thoughts? All right, I think Chris might have dropped for a second. Um, anyway, yeah. So looking at the Diamondbacks roster, there are a few guys that maybe could get extensions. Um. Guys like Robbie Ray definitely could, if if you know he continues to be the uh, the possible ace pitcher that he is. Um, also, you know guys um, like Katom, well Katomarte already got an extension. You know guys like Jake Lamb, um, Nick Ahmed, you know they're are guys there. And if that's kind of the trend that Major League Baseball is moving in towards, I you know you could see a lot of these younger players getting these extensions, um, and everything like that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, also another thing to talk about with the Diamondbacks is the closer situation because obviously, they're you know, the you know the 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 closer situation has boiled down to two main candidates, and that is Archie Bradley and Greg Holland. Um, And there's been a lot of you know talk. It seems like Yoshi Hirano's out of the mix, but between Archie and and Holland, I would say that really this should be Bradley's year. We saw it last year, Boxberger, you know, former AL save leader. It seemed like a smart pick, but now, honestly, with Holland's having a terrible spring training, I think this is Archie's time to show that he's the closer and to prove himself. I don't think there's any reason to. Uh, I don't think it's really any reason um, for Holland to be the closer. And yeah, so Archie Bradley should be that. More to talk, more to come of that in the next segment. We're gonna head and add here and then go right back.
2: Hey guys, this is Benson from Bucco Booth, also producer here on this show. Just want to make sure you tune in to Bucco Booth this Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern. We have a very special episode lined up for you. To start it off, we're going to be going over Elias Diaz's injury and when he'll be making his return to playing time. As well as Gregory Polanco. Reports are that he will be getting some minor league playing time next week. When will he be back in Pittsburgh? As well as some cuts Uh, Clay Holmes, and Michael Feliz, and we'll be discussing Chris Archer's start this past Thursday and what that means for him going forward, as well as Colm Rand in the first base job with Jung Ho Gong and Eric Gonzalez being named the stars respectively at both positions. You don't want to miss it this Saturday, 8 a.m. Eastern, Buckley Booth, last episode of the offseason. I'll let you get back to this
1: show, but do not miss Buckley Booth this Saturday, 8 a.m. Eastern. See you there. All right. Before we move into our 25-man roster debate, we actually have a caller, John from Arizona, wanting to talk about Golby. How's it going, John?
0: Um. Okay. Hi. How's it going?
1: It's going good. What do you want to talk about?
0: I was going to wonder if the
1: five-year deal is—is is it actually accepted by Goldschmidt? Is it not, or is it?
0: It was accepted.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. okay, that answered my question. Thank you. Oh, is that it? Yep. Okay, thanks for calling in. Yeah, um, yeah anyway, so just a couple of, uh something to note here before we jump into our 25-man roster prediction. Uh, I just want to talk about the Diamondbacks' win today. They beat the Dodgers 10-4. to um, Adam Smith and Pavin uh, – Adam Smith. Adam Jones and Paven Smith both hit their first home runs of the spring. Um. You know and that's good it's obviously good to see for adam jones he it was the home running hit it was like a line drive to center field showed a lot of power, which is obviously good um that you know he's I think he's thirty three now and he's his power doesn't look like it's declining a lot um and Steven Smith obviously that was good to see um there was actually one play in the game where it was like a pop up to a shallow right field and it looked like Steven souza was you know, he was converging with much bunch of the other outfielders and and uh it looked like he was about to die for it, and you know thank God he didn't because we saw what happened with Steven souza last year in diving plays, um, so that's good to see that he's, obviously he has that competitive mindset, but obviously you don't want to ha- have someone get injured in spring training. Um, yeah, the Diamondbacks are now 12-14 and 14 in the Cactus League. We'll be taking on the Giants tomorrow. Alright. We're going to move on into the 25-man roster, talking about uh, who's going to make it and who isn't. So the guarantees, obviously, I'm, I'm just going to, uh, Chris, if you know, so we'll want to run through the list of, of guarantees and guys that are guaranteed to be on the team.
0: Okay, so our guarantees are Nick Ahmed, Eduardo Escobar, Wilmer Flores, Jake Lamb, Catal Marte, David Peralta, Adam Jones, Steven Souza, uh, John Ryan Murphy, and Carson Kelly. And then our pitchers, our starters are Zach Ranky, Robbie Ray, Zach Godley, uh, Luke Weaver, and Merrill Kelly. And our bullpen that are guaranteed are Archie Bradley, Greg Holland, uh, Hirano, Andrew Chafin, and T.J. McFarland.
1: Yeah, and that's going to be 20 players in total. Um, And those guys are pretty much guaranteed to get in. Um, I wouldn't see really any way that any of those guys aren't. The only guy who I might see not make it is is T.J. McFarland, but he put up a really good season last year, at least in terms of ERA, and I think it was like 72 innings or something. Yeah, I think he had a below two two ERA, so he's kind of that long man out of the bullpen. Um, And I definitely think he should be on the team. But guys on the edge – uh, that, that the diamondbacks uh, major league roster right now remains at, at 31. So there's going to be one more final wave of, cu- of, uh, of cutdowns of roster cuts. Um, guys who are assigned, who were already uh, optioned down. I'm just going to go through the list real quick. Um, Abraham Amante, St- Stefan Crichton, Ruby De La Rosa, Ricky Nolasco, Braden Shipley, Yasmani Tomas, and Kelly Tomlinson. The three guys that jump out the most to me is Braden Shipley, um, who hopefully he's got a lot of potential. Hopefully this can maybe be the year if he gets called up maybe through the year where he can show some, some good potential. Um, and then there's Yasmani Tomas, who you know, a lot of D-backs fans had hoped for that he could maybe make the team, but uh looks like he's sitting in the minors again. And Kelby Tomlinson, who I thought would, would be a kind of a guarantee had to make the roster as kind of a backup, but he did not do very good during spring training. I think he was like over 14 to start or something like that, but yeah. Anyway. And then today, uh, Caleb Joseph was optioned down to triple A and guys uh, like Matt Caesar were also sent down to the minor league camp. So the roster does remain at 31. Guys on the edge that I mainly see, Matt Andrees, Yoan Lopez, Robbie Scott, Matt Cook, Mark Savchinski, Alex Avila, uh, Ildemar Ovargas, uh Christian Walker, Gerard Dyson, and Socrates Brito. So the main guys that I see from there, uh, guys that are I think are absolute guarantees out of the list, but... Not like 100%. I would say Matt Andrees and marks and Mark, uh, Mark Zepchinsky also. I think he can be another good lefty out of the pen. Um, kind of like it, it seems like the Diamondbacks always sign a veteran late. Last year it was Fernando Salas and Jorge De La Rosa. This year it seems like it's going to be Mark Zepchinsky, and he's been doing pretty good in spring training. I was uh, I was watching a game against the uh, there was thing was Diamondbacks Padres, and Steberfue, the Diamondbacks commentator, was talking about how uh, Zepchinski can is. Seeming to be that at that, that a big that a big lefty specialist, which in 2020 might be going away. Um, we're talking that next segment. But, yeah, I think Matt Andrees also is probably going to be making the team. Also a guy who can eat some innings, which is kind of what you want early in the season with injuries and all that. Um, but – and also I think some other guys that are kind of guaranteed is Christian Walker. I, he's going to be kind of the main backup first baseman uh, just in case Jake Lamb goes down or even a guy like Eduardo Escobar goes down, you can move Jake Lamb to third and then have Christian Walker play every day. And Walker's also probably going to be the main pinch hitter off the bench with his uh, with his power. Um, we saw he ha- he only had three home runs this year and he, I think he batted like a, butt, a buck 60, but he had two of those home runs were off. Clayton Kershaw, who is one of the best pitchers in the game. Um, and so, you know, obviously he's been probably making the roster. And then other guys that I see... That you know might make it, but um, but probably won't. Yohan uh, Lopez, I'm going to say is going to go down to Triple A just to just have a little more development because I don't think he's going to really get outs effectively with only two pitches. Uh, Robbie Scott, I would say is just going to be more of a depth piece. He's probably going you know, to go back to Yohan to Triple A. AAA. Matt Cook, um, I don't, just don't really see a spot for him. Maybe you could put him over Matt Andriese, but Andriese is more has more major league time and he's more proven. Eduardo Vargas doesn't seem like he's gonna get called up at least until we have an uh, we have an injury, but that's the main talk. And Chris, I want to ask you about this. Out of these three, out of these three guys, these is this kind of like where the 20 the 25 man uh, is is this is where it's kind of defined. Alex Avila, Gerard Dyson, and Socrates Brito, one catcher and two outfielders. Two of the three are, are have to make it to you know to that or. Um, and one of them isn't going to make it. Who do you think is who do you think is going to, who do you think it's going to be?
0: Um, I think it'll be Dyson and Avila because uh, I don't think Berto's ready when they have Dyson, uh, who is more experienced, and I think he'll just do better.
1: Yeah, and uh, I guess I you're saying that, but here's the thing: Broad Dyson is out of minor league options, so that would mean if to send on AAA, you have to put him on the open market, and the team would have to cl- would and team could claim him then. Which you know who you know who knows if he actually would be claimed, but I'm, my guess is he would because he's a young outfielder, and there are a lot of teams that are lacking outfield depths um, out there, and he could he would probably get claimed pretty quickly. Um, there's a chance that he won't, but I'm gonna say probably yes, and I wouldn't take the risk. Gerard Dyson, I I like having him on the team, obviously just kind of as that that veteran presence, and this the the defense and the speed, obviously his bad, is not great, but he's a really good pinch runner, one of the, still one of the fastest guys in the game, and. I don't think he's gonna be that veteran outfielder though, because I think uh, Adam Jones kind of is now. He's he's gonna be that veteran uh, kind of clubhouse leader. Um. Yeah, but if would you rather uh, send down Dice or, or would you rather release Dyson and to keep Burrito on the roster, or would you say, you know, maybe it's time to move on from Burrito And yeah.
0: Yeah, I would definitely keep rather keep Dyson and send Burrito down because. We don't really have any really fast outfielders, and Dyson's
1: fast. So, I think yeah. we can just for that. Yeah, but – well, I think we should keep both of them. But here's the thing. Alex Avila – I'm just going to pull up a stats real quick because Alex Avila is is not an everyday catcher. And to be honest, I don't really see a point in carrying three catchers. Again, again I, I don't think Torrey Lavelle is going to change his ways at all. But last year – I don't think we game, have
0: the – a catcher that can be an everyday catcher. I don't think well,
1: yeah, any not of every, he's an everyday catcher, but what I'm saying is I don't think we need three catchers on the roster. If you know, I think you can split time between Murphy and, and Kelly. And if one of them get injured and then you can call Caleb Joseph, but I really don't see a need for three catchers. Um, none of them, the, none of their bats are really that amazing. Um, yeah. I'd rather just keep two and then just kind of swap them day to day. But on about I'll be 80 games last year, Uh, and about 294 at-bats. He only batted 165 with an on-base percentage below 300, a slugging right around 300, and an OPS barely above 600. That is not really uh, a a great, you know, major league player. His offensive war was uh, negative 0.2, but uh, that's just kind of because he's a catcher and they kind of have a lower expectancy for offense. But, yeah, Alex Avila, he – I mean, he's really not – I mean – he did have a good year in 2017, um, you know, and he ha- he's been a pretty good catcher throughout his career. But he's just not, uh, I wouldn't consider him an everyday, you know, what, not an everyday catcher, but I wouldn't consider him a catcher that you can actually give significant playing time. I'd much rather have Murphy and Kelly get more. Um, and, yeah, I know Alex, obviously, he is making $4.5 million this year. You you can just eat that contract. It's not that much. It's not like you're paying a guy like Pablo Sandoval twenty million dollars a year. I mean, four point five isn't that much. I just say cut him. You keep Rito on the team who could be a pretty big part of the part of the offense, uh, a few years down the road. He's got a lot of pop and I think he's he's also got a lot of speed too. And yeah, having a pinch and you know, having Avila with some good veteran leadership is good, but I would rather keep Dyson, uh I'd rather keep Rito uh, over Avila. Uh, yeah. Chris, so yeah, Chris. Do you think? I mean, obviously, Chris. Do you, do you want Avila released, or would you rather have him on the team? I think he dropped again. Anyway. Yeah, but that's all I'm saying is that Alex Avila, um, really is yeah. He's not a major league caliber catcher, and he's kind of just uh, wasting. Um, yeah, I think Chris dropped again. But yeah, he's kind of just wasting a roster spot. Um, and 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 you know, but the thing is uh, with with. Uh, yeah, I mean, but yes, yeah, so that's the thing. Yeah, I would, rat, I would much rather have Breed on the team. Uh, just as a kind of, he could use it as a bench bat. And then again, here's the thing. I would say, um, one of the three outfielders, one of the four outfielders, is probably is probably going to get injured, or you could also have a guy like when Flores get injured and move have to move Marte back to second or something along those lines, but. I think Brito could really have a big, a way bigger role in this team than a guy than a third catcher, and I just really don't see a reason to carry three in the roster.
0: Yeah, but I definitely don't think uh, I don't see a reason either. But I don't think Lovello, after a few years of carrying three, will drop the third one and just go with two.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing about uh, Lovello. He he's a great manager, and I still, I still like him as a manager because just because he brings you know positive vibes to the clubhouse and everything. Um, but, yeah, I don't really know why you would keep three catchers when, I mean, Murphy and Kelly can do a fine job both playing 80 games a year. And then, again, you, if, you know, you need some better leadership in there, you have Caleb Joseph in the minors. You can call him up, you know, because, I mean, I think you, this team could be fine with with just two backup outfielders, maybe, you know, Jones or, or Dyson or Jones and Brito or, you know, one of two of those three players. So if you want to call up three catchers, you can wait till an outfielder gets, gets injured and then call up Joseph, something like that. Yeah, I just really don't see any for three catchers and I don't really know why. Um and I don't really know why, um yeah. I don't really know why the would insist insists on keeping it. Anyway, uh Chris, if you just want to go over your five to make the four the, the five, you know, you know, uh five borderline players to make the the twenty five man roster.
0: Oh yeah, my five were Alex Avila, um Gerard Dyson, Yolan Lopez, Matt Andrees, and Christian Walker.
1: So, would you rather have Lopez in the majors, or would you rather him in the minors getting development, uh, or do you think he need, he's ready and he needs to face Major League Pitching, pitching to get better?
0: Um, I think he's ready. He did pretty well last year, and I think that he'll do it even better, and he'll get better if he's in the majors.
1: Yeah, I think Lovello was talking about him possibly being a, a, a kind of like a late setup guy,
2: Our right, we're experiencing some technical difficulties right now in the rattle up and are working very hard to resolve them. In the meantime, enjoy this uh, ad from our Cubs podcast,
1: The Ivy. Make sure you listen to The Ivy this Sunday as we'll be talking about the Cubs' past weekend spring training games and how they've went, as well as the second base situation and who will play there, such as David Bodie, Ian Happ, or Ben Zobrist. We'll also be talking about all the recent extensions in the MLB, and what that means for Cubs players. We will also be having our third week of Cub of Yesteryear, as we'll be doing Carlos Zambrano. We hope you guys tune in this Sunday.
0: Oh okay, yeah, so uh, our next segment that we are moving into is our segment about role changes and uh, what will be coming up in the 2019 season and 2020 and the rest of the year. The time. There's uh been a lot a lot of stuff that's been going on with the uh commissioner's meetings or whatever they call them but uh a few of the main ones for next year are it won't make much difference at all they are um getting rid of the grid deadline the Yeah um Oh yeah.
1: Okay. I'm, I'm back yeah Okay, we're having some second here, but we'll get through it. So yeah, moving on to the we're talking about rule changes, right?
0: Yeah. I was just talking about how the most of them aren't gonna do much and the uh trade deadline there's it's only at the end of July now.
1: Yeah. And one of the one of the main things I actually want to talk about here is the home run derby and the what uh the one million dollar prize. Um I, I don't know if you ever heard about Aaron Judge and how his, the home run derby kinda of contributed to his second half slump in twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah, I've lot of that. Yeah, and I don't know if players can be more aware of that, or, you know, because I think it just made his swing more angled up and he struck out more and it just wasn't as good. I don't know if players aren't going to participate in it as much. Um, I still think you'll have a decent amount of guys participating, especially with the $1 million prize. I mean, how can you turn down a million dollars? Um, um, but know, yeah.
0: Harper and Chuck making that much money can turn
1: down $100 $1 million yeah if, if you're one of those one of those guys but if you're a guy like you know a guy like Chris Davis who's making kind of like league minimum or you know right around near it you could probably make a year's worth salary like half even a half year's worth salary just from winning the home run derby and and guys like like him like you know Chris Davis's caliber definitely could so i think it's going to be uh it's a good thing for uh you know young power hitters to you know to be in the derby um otherwise might not have but yeah i could see just yeah, because last year the, the the home run derby field wasn't wasn't very good. Obviously Bryce Harper was there, but I mean you, the one he was Hayes who's A. E. R. And he was, he was he was obviously you know a very good power hitter. But you know you, you obviously as a fan you want to see more stars, Mike Trout, um, guys like Manny Machado, you know just name to name a few. You want to see those guys be in the der- in the derby, but yeah, who knows? And then in 2020, we're, this is this is the the big thing. Yeah, we already talked about this, but the roster sizes are, are going to go from 25 to 26 players. Um, so, and then so that's just going to add, you know, either you know uh, another bullpen piece, another bench piece, and then the September rosters are only going to have you know two extra players from, from, I guess, from 26 to 28 instead of 40 like it was before. I think two extra players is kind of low. I think it's, uh, 30 would be would have been a good size, but then again, that is going cre- uh, to probably increase some competitiveness, and you can, so you can't just play. All your, all your bad players in September. Um, yeah, I think I think I remember around 30 would have been better. And then, uh, Chris, your thoughts on that?
0: Uh, I think that 30 is better. I don't get the point of making it so you can add people when you can only add two. That's not really much to do. At, they'd probably just add two bullpen pitchers, which wouldn't get tons of work in because they're still worried about wasting bullpen pitchers. But 30 would definitely work for, because adding four would make it so that you have enough to be able to waste one or two.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing. Like, I think it, they're trying to discourage teams from tanking. In, in the middle of the season, you should not tank. Like, at the beginning of every season, every team should try to compete. Because who knows? You know, there's always going to be one team that's you know, projected to have like 60, 70 wins that's going to compete for a playoff spot. But if it's September and your team, like the Orioles, who have already lost 100 games, there's no reason to cheat to trying to win I mean just tank instead and get get maybe some young guys some playing time so I think yeah I remember like 30 maybe even 32 would have been better but uh, I think yeah 40 was definitely too much so I think they're they're at least moving in, in the right direction All right, next next uh next thing here is the injured list so uh, minimum players will have to go from 10 days to 15 days so that instead of spending at least 10 days on the DL, now it'll be at least 15 so that's going to make you know, injuries more severe. And I think it just has to do with minor league options and everything like that. And that might be another part of of the collective bargaining, bargaining agreement coming 2020. Um, yeah, Christy, your thoughts on that one? It'll
0: make it so if a player gets a minor injury, there's really nothing they can do about it if they're going to be gone for a few days. So it'll make everyone gone longer and it won't really work out well for the players. So, but they, and it won't really affect them anything else.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. There's probably some other mo- uh, motive for that. I'm not really aware of it, but yeah, there's probably some explanation for it. And here's the big one: the three batter minimum, which, um, there. I mean, it's just kind of. It's just a really weird rule to implement. Um, obviously, I get their point of it because when you when you talk to most average, you know, sports fans, and we're not talking about like die-hard baseball fans like you and me. We're talking about the average sports fan. They're what's the, what's their you know most often complaint about baseball.
0: So that there's not enough action, and it's too slow.
1: Yeah, it's too slow, not enough action, and it's just too long. And while I I do like the, the you know the idea of, of putting in guys because, of putting in guys because you know that that's like the analytics side and everything. Um, a three batter minimum, I I, I it kind of makes sense in a way because when you're really – you got to tr- put trust in your pitchers. I mean, a, a lefty should be able to get a righty out. It shouldn't be only, oh, let's put in Mark Zavchinski for one out and then just take him out and put in a righty. You, you need to have trust in your bullpen. They're, on the, they're major league caliber players. They should be on the team for a reason. And, yeah, sure, the, uh, the on-base percentage versus lefties and righties might be a little bit different, but if we're really looking at it, it's, it's, the percentages are not that I- insane. It's nice. it's only like, you know, like a 2 two to 5% difference. And it's not going to make that big of a you know that big of a difference. for keeping someone in, and obviously there are exceptions to this rule. If it's, if it's like the end of an inning or something that, or a pitcher gets injured. Um, so say like a, say like a guy comes in to get the final out of, the, of like the seventh inning, and then the pitcher gets pinch hit for in the eighth. You can obviously bring in a new pitcher then. Um, yeah, that's kind of one of, the, one of the exceptions. But the thing what I'm seeing from this rule is that they're really moving towards the universal DH, and it's kind of inevitable at this point. Do, would you agree uh, why do you think that that's a uh, move towards the universal DH? Well, the that thing, if you can just br- – it's like, say you bring in a guy, you know, for an inning, and then he gets, you know, the, he uh, he gets the first two outs, but then maybe that's a guy on base. And then you could just still bring in, the, like, another, like, another guy um, out of the bullpen, and he would only face one batter. Um, and if they really want to have it so there's not as many pitching changes, and I, and I guess in between innings it wouldn't be actually that, that bad because it doesn't really – it's not going to really uh, take any more time. But it, if they want, if they really want pitchers to face three three hitters, they want to make sure they can do it all the time. And I think a a universal DH is kind of is what they're talking about. Also, that's the thing with action. Um, you, know, you know, watching a pitcher hit, obviously watching Bartolo Colon do, go deep is you know that's some of the best moments in baseball history. But pitchers did not. I think they they, they always hit for like, for like barely above one hundred. They don't they, they they don't hit and they're pretty much automatic out. And while I do like watching pitchers hit, um, to you know, to a diehard fan, watching pitchers hit is fun. But to a regular fan, I mean, you, I mean, I would, I wouldn't want to watch a guy strike out every single time or lay down a bunt. I'd rather watch a guy like J.D. Martinez go yard a bunch and you know, hit, you know, hit you forty-five bombs a year and drive in a bunch of runs. But yeah, so I think that's just the that's just the way Major League Baseball is going to connect to the younger generation, um, and that comes with the universal DH.
0: Yeah, I see how you. I see what you mean because, as though so getting making it so you can't just take pictures out, and do that kind of stuff is gonna make it so you. Uh, is leading into making it so that you don't even have a pitcher spot.
1: Yeah, pretty much, and. And then another thing with that is that oh, it'll managerial strategy. Um, I. I again managerial strategy is is cool to see and it's interesting to see how they put in double switches. But then again, I I was always a a big heavy heavily against the D8 the university of DH and I still am against I'm against it. But if it were to get implemented, if that meant more offense, more action, and you know more ticket sales, the MLB becomes more relevant. I, um, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, the, the AL has had like I think I saw like a chart. The AL's had a higher OPS uh, than the NL in the past like every single year since the merge.
0: Okay, so, uh, yeah, so the way that the um, Universal DH would work if they ever brought it, there would just be no pitcher hitting anymore and which would definitely lead to more action. But I don't see uh, the point. I mean, I get how it would bring in more newer fans and more the people from the younger generation that want just want to see action, and that's why sports like basketball are so popular because – it's constantly running back and forth and doing stuff. And uh, it's kind of the same with football. There's always someone there to uh, to do something. And uh, I definitely see the point of doing that. And I hope it would work if there isn't any. Of course, unless the DH is bad, I could get why I wouldn't do anything. But most pitchers don't do anything. The highest hitting pitcher ever was Oral Hersheiser in uh, 1993, he hit 356 and 73 at bats with 26 hits, and they were probably not very impressive hits. But seeing a actual hitter getting 100 hits a year, hopefully, and hitting home runs and extra base hits and actually contributing to the team will definitely make it more interesting.
1: And uh, yeah. okay. All right, Chris, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, so I just want to talk about the CBA, uh, which is the collective bargaining agreement between the MLB and the the MLB Players Association. And a topic from today, or one of the big topics about that is obviously service time manipulation. Obviously, it's it's like if if a team can sit a player for the first three weeks of a season, they can call them up then, you know, late April, and they won't accumulate a full year of service time, and then you can keep them, you know, for for another year, have another year of team control. But this is a statement from – um, Nick Senzel, who is one of the best prospects in the major leagues and seemed like he was going to be an automatic buy for the, for to make the major league roster. He said, he said, you know, the and Reds option down to down to AAA, but he said it's, um, where it's simply an egregious case of service time manipulation. And he said the Reds, you know, they're, they're in a win, win now mode and in the AL in the NL central where every win matters. And I mean, Chris, it's just one of the things that they need to really address in the, in the CBA this off season. Did I go out again? No, you're still there. Oh, you're still there. Yeah, is this one of the things that the uh, the CBA needs to uh or the CBA needs to address?
0: Um, yeah, I definitely think it's pretty dumb how you can do that, and every big star that it happens to them. I mean, if your team's really gonna be competitive, you should be able to be have a little confidence to be able to re-sign a player in a few years,
1: exactly. and you shouldn't
0: have to keep him down just and so just, you can have them for an extra year. Yeah, and
1: it's just going to want going to ruin the relationship between the player and the and the team and maybe they're not going to re-sign if they keep doing, you know, if they keep ripping off a player like that. All right. So mm-hmm. that's the thing that's going to wrap up the show for tonight. Uh, I want to thank everyone who called in and who's, everyone who's listening to the show. Again, we're still having that merchandise sale over on baseballpodcastnet.com. And yeah, so that'll do it for the do it for the night. Have a weekend everybody and we will see you later.
2: Rattle Up is produced by Benson Fector. Rattle Up is a baseball podcast network production. Be sure to give our hosts a follow on Instagram: Chris Sumner at Chris underscore Sumner seven ten and Blake Warner at Everything D-backs. Be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all our social media platforms as well: Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net, Twitter at Baseball podcast one. That's P O D. C-A-S-1, SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network, and YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time.